What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and this is our weekly Christianity Now podcast, where we look at contemporary issues through the timelessness of God's Word. We have a special guest today. We're so excited. Um, Aaron, uh, what's going on, man? How was your week? Hey, I've been waiting on this. It's uh, nice to have a special guest, and uh, been doing good this week. A little cooler here in northeast Arkansas, cooling off, and that's nice. But, that's uh, great we're we're doing good and uh, well, looking forward to the show today yes sir in the great white north i've noticed something i'm acclimated about 32 to 35 degrees fahrenheit feels like about 75 degrees <laughs> fahrenheit did years ago yeah i'm just yeah. used to the cold weather yeah so we have eric lyons and before we know anything about eric lyons we're going to treat this as our sponsor for today now they're not sponsoring us but we love Apologetics Press products here at Christianity Now, and we have this overlay, this Apologetics Press Defending the Faith Personal Carry Edition. The Riverview Church of Christ in Riverview, New Brunswick, is going to order at least 50 of these we have budgeted, and we're going to have to jump through some hoops to get them because I'm going to have to order them from Apologetics Press. I'm going to have to get them sent to a buddy, and then I'm going to have my buddy go to the post office and get them into Canada. So I feel like we're sneaking in contraband to the great white North. But if you're in the United States and, and you don't have to worry about anything like that, uh, you can order one for $14 or 30 or more for $7. And for those of you that are familiar with, uh, with Bible sizes and stuff like that, if I'm reading everything correctly, those Bibles should be, now my hand is big, but they should be about the size of a, of a cameo by Cambridge, maybe a little bit bigger. Eric, talk to us a little bit about what. When did this come about? Whose brainchild was it? These are awesome. I'm so excited they're on the market. Well, about uh, four years ago, we released the AP Defending the Faith Study Bible, which is about I don't know 2,500 pages, weighs nearly five pounds, and we've been very excited and blessed to be able to disseminate those uh, for the last four years. And then I, I don't recall exactly, I think it was a couple of years ago, we uh, talked about how it would be very helpful, I think, to a lot of folks to have just a few of these very basic study notes and to get this in the, get the Bibles with these uh, maybe 100 pages, 80 to 100 pages of study notes uh, into the hands of as many people as possible, which is a lot easier to do when the Bibles are smaller, are about 1,500 pages, weigh about two pounds, and cost a lot less to print, and thus we can uh, get them disseminated at much cheaper cost. And so that really the mindset is, hey, this is this is a great tool for evangelism. Uh, my wife and I, we we purchased 30 not long ago, and we're we have them in our in our van. And our plan is to when we go out to eat, you know, if we can leave a five dollar tip, why can't we leave a seven dollar Bible? <laughs> and so we're hoping that that we and those at Watumka, where I worship, and many more people uh, will be doing similar things and and much more with them. We we've already had to hit the reprint button on this, and we printed twenty five thousand of them. That's uh, amazing. Still, we still have uh, I don't know probably about maybe eight or nine thousand, but 
they've only been out for about a month and a half now. So yeah. it, we, we've just had a really uh, great reception to, of course, it is the word of God and yeah. it is the word of God that, I mean, you know, you, you can get it for as much as you can get a Big Mac, cheaper than you can get a Big Mac meal at McDonald's, especially mm-hmm. if you exercise it. <laughs> so yes. we're just tickled and thankful and, and give God all the glory for, for you know, being able to get His Word out, not only electronically in this day and time, but even still in a paperback version of 1,500 pages for seven bucks. I don't know how long we'll continue to be able to offer it for that much, but as long as we can get them printed for what we're getting them printed for at the moment, uh, we're going to keep doing it, and God is a blessing uh, blessing that effort. Amen. That is so and exciting. Yes, wow. and, and Aaron, I don't know about you, but I know some doofod's going to order one and going to send it off to Leonard's Books and get it rebound in goat skin <laughs> with yeah. a lambskin liner. Yeah, hey, why are you knocking me? <laughs> I, oh, well, you, you, hey, man, the hit dog yips. Uh, that's right. No, <laughs> I'd hit. be happy to have just the copy itself. I'm, yeah. I'm champing at the bit to get one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to get one soon. So, oh, it, boot. It, It's laid out very well. In fact, this, uh, this is the Bible I've been using, the same page layout since I was 18 years old. It's just, you know how you get as a teacher and a yes. preacher, you know exactly where the verses are on a particular page, on what column and those kind of, so it's hard for me to get away from what I've been using for Oh, all these years, nearly, I guess, 30 years now. Yeah. But, uh, but I will say that this, this Bible, this small Bible, the, the layout and the text has enough spacing in it that it's actually easier to read than what I've been reading since I was 18 years old. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. And if I wasn't so used to, you know, my page layout, I'd probably switch to, to this Bible in my preaching. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, so one question did come to mind, and I, I didn't, I haven't looked hard at it. Is it, it it's it's dual column or double column uh, paragraph? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Or each verse begins on a new line. Each verse begins on a new line on this, but it's the spacing is such that uh, it, it this that there's more space between what uh, what you would have in the paragraph. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I was just looking at at some. Um, poetic text from uh, Job and Psalms and Proverbs. Gotcha. So it is, I'm sorry, it is in paragraph form. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Most, most New King James are. I've got a, yeah. I've got some, uh, Aaron and I, we collect Bibles. And so, but anyway, I've, I've got some Bibles mm-hmm. that are New King James that each verse begin on a new line. And I, I really like them. Um, but I do like the paragraph. It, it, it I feel like uh, for reading and for personal study and stuff like that, just getting the narrative and getting the sense of like a conversation flow or something Absolutely. like that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the dual column paragraph yeah. is, yep. is very good. Yeah. And I've actually seen the layout, a friend here in my area had one of the Bibles that we're talking about the, the y'all's newest Bible. And I, I said, Hey, can I look at it? I've been wanting to get one. And I glanced through it immediately. I mean, I was like, this thing is easy to read. It looks very nice. The layout is just great. It's like yes. you said, there's spacing and that, that, that um, that amounts for a lot because yeah, I, I wish reading, the Bible that I've been using had the spacing between yeah, yeah. the lines that this yeah. one has. Because as I get older, I'm 48 now. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a little more uh, stressful yeah. on the eyes to yeah. read small print. Yeah, I think That's a it. good reading experience is very important to enjoying your time in the Word. Absolutely. Well, Eric, it's time to introduce you. Um, I've got 
Just a, a brief introduction. Eric Lyons is a well-known author and speaker. He's written extensively on topics pertaining to apologetics. My first uh, uh, introduction to apologetics press is somebody gave me the book, The Dinosaur Delusion. <laughs> and I, it was during 2008, during the ice storm that knocked power out in Northwest Tennessee. And I read that during that during that ice storm, I read that cover to cover like you would read a, a narrative novel. I was just so enthralled with it. And I was like, well, this is great. Well, then lo and behold, the author was Eric Lines and Kyle Bunn. And I had I, 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 Horizons Youth Camp. I knew these guys from around there. I knew I was 1995 to 96. I, I, I was did two semesters at uh, Freed Hardeman. I'm like, well, they, I these guys, man, they've gone on to do great things. And it kind of indicted me a little bit. Like I got to get, I got to get on the ball and quit wasting time. But he's the director for apologetics press now. And apologetics press is, is a, is an organization that's dedicated to putting out content that helps people in Christian apologetics. Uh, today specifically, we're going to be talking about alleged Bible contradictions. So with that in mind, Eric, uh, anything you want to tell the folks about you and who you are and all that good stuff? Hey, I'm just uh, just so tickled to get to be a child of God. I grew up in a Christian home, and and there's no greater blessing that parents can give their children than a Christian raising. And then had the opportunity, by the grace of God, to marry a, a sweet Christian woman named Jana. We got three kids who are all grown uh, one's in college, two out of college. And so I just, I've loved being a Christian husband, a dad, a friend. I'm so uh, tickled that I've uh, been blessed to work here with the great folks at Apologetics Press the last 23 years and get to, you know, uh, see and work with different Christians and churches around the country. And listen, I know there's a lot of bad things in this world. I know there's a lot of sin and sin will continue and Satan will continue to be a bother to all of us till Jesus comes. Um, or until we pass from this life into uh, blessed paradise. But I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the work that many Christians and churches are doing around the world. And there's a lot of work left to do. But hey, uh, you know, let's, let's consider how much good that God is doing through uh, a lot of his people on earth today. So I'm just, I'm just tickled to be a child of God, to be a member of Jesus' church and uh, that's what I try to remember to celebrate continually. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, now, I, I've got, well, of course, I don't have it pulled up, but uh, I've got uh, a link open here to another window from Apologetics Press web store to a box set of the Anvil Rings. Now, I own this box set, but it is not currently where I am. It is my library. The book of it is about a thousand miles away, but. Uh, for $30, you can get the Anvil Rings box set, Answers to Alleged Bible Discrepancies. Uh, the Anvil Rings, Volume 1, 2, and 3, contain a host of widely used examples of the most difficult alleged Bible discrepancies, providing a third offense of the Bible's inerrancy. Now, Eric, you wrote a three-volume compendium Obviously, this is something that is near and dear to your heart and is important to you. Can you share a little bit about what initially sparked your interest in uh, writing a book and, and giving this much study to alleged Bible contradictions? Sure. Yeah. You know, 
so often they are stories that uh, affect us, real stories from real people. And so as, as best I recall, there were two things that were catalysts for me turning my attention to this for several years. One was we got a, um, a, a letter and then, if I recall correctly, a phone call from a preacher in West Virginia who basically was letting us know about, and this was in probably about 2001, 2002, uh, telling us about a young man from his home congregation who went off to college and he was viewed as just a good Christian young man, went off to college though, secular college, and took a, a religious class, some kind of like world religion class or comparative religions. And within a semester, he came back uh, to his home congregation, gave his preacher a list of so-called factual discrepancies. And he said, this is why I'm no longer a Christian, which is a tragic mm. story, but sadly one that could be repeated many times over. Absolutely. So this, this preacher reached out to us and just wanted some help. And so we began to help him. And at the same time, you know, that was when the internet really was kicking up. I'm not saying that it was invented in 2001 or that Al Gore invented it in 2001, but I, I will say that, uh, you know, Google had really gotten going in, I think, late 1998. I hadn't even heard of Google in 2000 or two, maybe early 2001. Yeah. Right. And so... Um, and, and at that time, you know, probably about 30% of the U.S. was using the Internet. But as as more and more people began using it, you can imagine that unbelievers, atheists, agnostic skeptics, they became much more vocal on the Internet. And even though percentage-wise in the U.S. there weren't as many at that time, they were extremely vocal on the Internet. All sorts of sites began to pop up attacking the integrity of uh, the Bible writers' writings, you know, the Bible itself and the writings of Peter, Paul, Moses, and others. And so those two things, you know, the stories of real people having problems and then really uh, atheism, agnosticism, and skepticism growing uh, with their uh, content online and so many people accessing it and thus so many people sending us emails and having questions those were probably two of the biggest factors in me turning a lot of my attention to this yeah. particular subject that a lot of people seem to be having problems with. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've answered this question, but I, I like just making stuff as plain as we can possibly make it. Could you explain why addressing these alleged contradictions is essential in the field of Christian apologetics? Sure. Yeah. And, and I think that the easy the sad but easy answer is that, you know, there are people who were Christians who uh, left the faith and they said the reason they left the faith is because they thought that the Bible was from God. But if the Bible and the Bible writers made these kinds of mistakes, then they were not guided by or inspired by God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to write these things, else Absolutely. it wouldn't have these man-made type mistakes in them. And so, you know, it, it's uh, extremely fundamental and foundational to us uh, being able to, 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 you know, let people know, reason with people why they should not leave the faith. And at the same time, we, we have, you know, similar questions from, um, from unbelievers who I would contend logically argue, and this is something that I try to let people know sometimes, that, that unbelievers, they logically argue 
not that the Bible has mistakes, but if they argue if the Bible has mistakes, if the Bible writers made mistakes in their pinning of what we call Scripture, then Scripture is not from God. And so they logically argue that because just as we would contend that Jesus wasn't God, if Jesus made a number of contradictions or errors in his uh, teaching as he claimed to be from heaven, uh, mm-hmm. that he would not have been um, uh, God in the flesh and been speaking things that were truly from heaven, then our unbelieving friends would be correct. Where they are wrong is in concluding that the Bible writers actually did make mistakes. But I can appreciate their argument. In fact, I would make the same argument for any <laughs> other so-called holy book in the world, that if there are uh, various errors that those writers made, then those writers were not, whether it be Joseph Smith or Muhammad or someone else, those writers were not from God. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, you've been very, very quiet. I know, I mean, we've got the, we got the show map in here, but if you need to interject something, if you've got a question. Do you, you know, a lot of the reason that uh, Christians, we're involved in this apologetic type work and studying of it. And I see like what you said, the beginnings of y'all's work with alleged contradictions at Apologetics Press, how does the church itself and the youth of the church, if you will, play into this as well? Like before youth ever go to college, how and why is it important to teach them, like to to consider these kinds of things? Like, and I give you an example uh, in 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 a home church setting. Before I heard a otherwise good man tell his child when asked about these types of questions well you just have to have faith and of course i was already older at that point i cringed you know like what that that doesn't sound good just have to have faith we need to be willing to investigate these things they're they're logical and if it is god's word it won't contradict itself i don't know do you have any thoughts on like helping the youth that are already around the church like you mentioned you grew up around the church i was blessed as well i think maybe tony was too a super awesome blessing, but um, even people that grow up around the church, as you referenced in your example, fall away. They seemingly fall away because of these kinds of things. Like after you studied them, you might look at them and say, well, this is silly. No one should fall away, but people do. That's you right. And, so and why is I it can, important? I can only think that that young man, for example, from West Virginia and the congregation that he had grown up in, uh, that if he had already been exposed to these questions. Uh, and and oftentimes the questions are not new. I mean, they've been around for thousands of years. And the things that we at Apologetics Press that we write on oftentimes, it's it I, I think it's probably very rare that we address something, and, and maybe almost never, that we've addressed something that's never been addressed before. I mean, we're we're just Christians who are trying to um, you know, tell people and show people the way and the truth and give people good, uh, solid reasoning and evidence for those things which we believe, which is what we are commanded to do. But it's not like, hey, this is this is new stuff. I mean, this is Satan has been around for thousands of years and he's walking to and fro upon the earth, seeking whom he may devour. And he does it, you know, uh, with with error and with lies. And so the the sooner that we can expose our young people, uh, especially when you think of young people in, you know, middle school and high school and before they leave home 
to these allegations, the accusations, the criticisms that they have of Christianity. Go ahead and and talk about those before they leave home and try to reason through how, hey, these are not legitimate criticisms and, and hear why. And I can't help but think if that young man from West Virginia had had that opportunity or taken that opportunity, that he would not have fallen away or fallen away so easily had he had that kind of background. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus, or John says in 1 John 5, 13, that these things I've written to you who believe in the name of Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. There are things that we can know. And as Paul said to uh, Festus and Agrippa in Acts 26, you know, he wasn't crazy when he talked about uh, Jesus appearing to him on the uh, road to Damascus or when he went to go teach the Gentiles or when he says that he saw the resurrected Lord. Uh, he wasn't mad or crazy. He said that he spoke words of truth and reason. And that's what we're trying to do. Not that everyone's going to believe the truth, but we have an opportunity and an obligation to speak truthfully and reasonably with with uh, those that we have an opportunity to, to teach. Amen. Uh, you, Aaron, your question was was summed up fairly well from uh, uh, Uh Good question, Aaron. What is the role of the church in helping build faith, especially with the young people? And without turning this into an hour long apologetics press commercial, I mean, you you have Eric at the apologetics web store curriculum for Bible class teachers now. It may be that if you are in the continent of Africa or if, like me, you're in Canada, you might have to partner with some people to uh, because I don't think Apologetics Press, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Apologetics Press is set up for overseas shipping. But a, a, a much better ask, instead of sliding into people's DMs and asking them for money, uh, slide into a church's DMs and say, look, we have money saved up. We want to purchase curriculum from a reputable source. We have Apologetics Press in mind. If Can you make a point of contact where if we get it shipped to from Apologetics Press to you, can, you, can someone in the congregation there facilitate us getting that material? Oh yeah, that that would be a, a perfect way uh, to to help folks. Uh, it it is very uh, it's it's very difficult, extremely uh, expensive to ship things pretty much here in the states these days, but yeah. especially overseas. And so it is um, it, it's not very you know I've had people ask me from different places overseas you know hey can you send me a seven dollar Bible? Well the the shipping of a seven dollar Bible would probably be ten times the amount or more of what the Bible cost. And so, yeah. number one, I, I try to drive people to our website because virtually everything we publish is on our website for free, just about, probably 98% in one form or another. And of course, uh, in most, well, in many places, uh, you can get a, a, a good translation of Scripture, find one somewhere online, just reading it from a website. And then if, if, if printed materials are still um are still warranted and and desired, then teaming up with the church is a is a perfect way to go or a group of Christians. Uh, it would be uh, it might be kind of difficult for AP to just continually you know send things to different people around the world without the support needed to do that. and and, and oftentimes churches, 
uh, you know, there are churches who know much more. And this is what we we really appreciate the teamwork when there are individuals and churches who focus their attention in different places around the world and who know uh, a ton more than we know about what is going on maybe in a location in Ghana or in a location in South Africa. You know, we, right. we teamed up with a brother to send a, a number of Bibles to South Africa, but he is organizing the shipping and he is organizing, you know, that's where awesome. exactly those will be sent in uh, South Africa. And that's what we uh, greatly prefer because you don't really want people like us who don't know uh, you know, what's going on in a certain part of India or Africa or South America or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it can kind of, it, it, it can lead to unwise judgments, whereas mm-hmm. there would be churches, elders, individual Christians who, you know, like my friend Brian Hall, who uh, works in Guyana, uh, sending materials. Well, we would rather, you know, try to work through Brian to get those materials there because he knows uh, a ton more uh, than yeah. what we would know about that work. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you related to Mac Lyons? Not related to Mac. His uh, now, interestingly, my dad, who's still alive, and 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 I'm so thankful for that. He's eighty, about to be eighty nine years old. He and Mac looked similar enough from at least from behind that my mom confused. My mom actually went up to well, Mac Lyons at a lectureship and called him Honey. <laughs> and uh, didn't uh, didn't mean to thought it was my dad. So, but uh, one difference is my name has an S on the end of it, and his did not. So that was one one difference. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm I'm look. I have a little bit of a miniature panic attack. What have I done here? Okay, I got the S. Good deal. There you go. Want to make sure I didn't <laughs> listen. I am the world's best editor. I catch every mistake in a piece of content. After it's published, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good with those typos. <laughs> I guarantee it. No, no, nobody, nobody can catch typos like I can. Eric, once they're published, aren't some of y'all's books still available? Some of them are free, aren't they? On uh, the website, that's right. Yeah, there are probably somewhere between twenty five and thirty wow. of our books that are in PDF form on the website for free, so people can yeah. download those and probably, uh, you know, just have them right there on their yes. iPhone. Uh, normally, I, I pull them up on my computer, and so um, I, I use my my iPhone a good bit, but not always for things that maybe others would. I don't read a whole lot on my iPhone. I prefer a, a book if possible, but Amen. Uh, they're, they're available. And again, we're 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 just tickled to get the information out there free electronically uh, to you know hopefully hopefully hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Um, but hey, we, we also know that people still love a good a paperback book or hardback book. And, and so we, we make those available. So we don't always have all of our material as far as the, the actual book or book chapters on our site, but so much of the, the material that's in our books, it's on our site in one form or another, whether it's in an article, in a video or uh, something else. One of the reasons we, we have some hesitations of putting, especially the children's books on our site, and we've had this problem before where some images that we have rights to, we have rights to print them, but not to put them on the on the Internet. And um, there's actually, uh, you know, we ran into a situation years ago where we just made a mix up and we published something online instead of in print. And then we had to go back and talk to the individuals who had given us rights to use those images. And we're like, oh, we we had just totally forgotten that we had that switched. Mm. So, uh, you know, we had to make that right and did. Uh, but we, you know, have to be careful about those things in the publishing world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
um, the, the commenter also, uh, with a follow-up and I'm sorry to our listeners. I'm being very selective with our comments. Um, Eric has got about an hour, which means he's got about 30 minutes left. So, yeah. uh, but we are in dire need of biblical content in Nigeria, especially to young people. I have downloaded a lot of materials from apologetics press and indeed it is wonderful. So th- that, that's the beauty of this. Eric is somebody is a Christian and or has had their faith strengthened because of some pen stroke, uh, some stroke of a keyboard or something that you personally have had influence in. And, and, and you've, you'll never meet these people on this side of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be humbling. Yeah, Yeah. It is, you know, how the Lord can, you know, use a, a preacher or, or someone else to, preach a sermon or write an article or a book and that someone across the way can, you know, across the ocean can watch it on YouTube or read it online somewhere. And it's, it, it's exciting to live in this day and time to see how the Lord is getting his word out to yeah. honest and good hearts to people all over. Yeah. The three volume set, the anvil rings. I have read two of them. I haven't read the third one yet. Just haven't been able to, but for our viewers, I mean, I mean, I, I wholly, heartily recommend them. They're they're really good. It it gets you into the context of God's word and answering yes. questions that we won't have time to really get to today. Like would be nice, but um, there are many verses in Scripture, and so I can see the need for three, maybe more volumes. Who knows? <laughs> right. You know, they're good. I've read two yeah, of them. No. They're really good. Uh, one real quick comment, and then I want to segue into the next section, understanding contradictions. And, and that's probably, we're going to camp till it's time for Eric to go. But Connie Barnes says I can, uh, she can attest to the cost of shipping at world Bible student or WBS, a WBS student wanted Bibles. I shipped a small box of about 10 or 12 Bibles and it was $50 plus, but that was 15 years ago or so. So it's only gotten more expensive. Oh yeah, it, it it it's getting close to that almost here in the states, depending on how you choose, uh, you know, to receive it. Absolutely. And so uh, you know, we we get uh, some comments sometimes here at AP. We we try to do the best we can. Our secretaries do, and in, in, in shipping it quickly, yeah, and also efficiently, and 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 not any more expensive than it has to be, but. You know, people are so used to Amazon these days with the, uh, you know, being an Amazon Prime member and getting everything, you know, you know, you know kind of free shipping. Right. That, uh, you know, we're not Amazon and, and the government and, and the post office doesn't doesn't treat us like Amazon. No, you're not subsidized by the United States <laughs> post office. No, not at all. Uh, hey, hey, Alabama. That's a really good comment. Those that travel to these countries can probably take a few books with them. My friend would take a carry-on full of things and a couple of backpacks full. Then she would have the backpacks there. That's a really good suggestion. Yeah, in fact, if any of you people want to come to Canada, just load your backpacks up. You know, yeah. hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Right. That's right. I, I went to, um, um, let's see, uh, Panama last year, Volcan Panama, uh, about about a 10-hour bus drive from Panama City, Panama, and, you know, we take two suitcases and one suitcase is full of stuff that we leave there. And one suitcase has everything that we have to have for the week. And we're you know, doing that again in, in March, Lord willing. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to go about it. And, and, and it's a whole lot cheaper than uh, shipping things overseas. Cool. Absolutely. All right. 
Here's the here's what you've been waiting for, folks. Now, the people, the Christianity Now and the Cogitations and the Two by Two, all three of those podcasts are represented by me and Aaron. And these people are hungry. They're a small but dedicated group of people that that listen to us and what we do. And I've never met a group of people that want to eat more God's word than they. So this is the part that they, they've been waiting for. So here's the question. What exactly is a Bible contradiction and how do you delineate or differentiate it from apparent discrepancies or just simple misunderstandings? Great question. Uh, so uh, a lot of people make allegations or they claim that something is a contradiction. And this happens most of the time uh, or all the time when it comes to scriptures. But it does seem that they don't really know what a contradiction is because a contradiction mm -hmm. has to do with, well, this is how Aristotle said it. I'm going to read this. Um, awesome. Aristotle said it this way. Let me pull this up real quickly. In his work, Metaphysics, he said the same attribute cannot at the same time belong and not belong to the same subject and in the same respect. It is impossible for the same man at the same time to believe the same thing to be and not to be. So uh, I'll read it one more time kind of slowly, at least the first part of this to, to get the gist of it. The same attribute, think of person, place, or thing, cannot mm -hmm at the same time, belong and not belong to the same subject and in the same respect. So just to give you a kind of an easy to understand example, if I say that I, Eric Lyons, was born in Macon, Georgia in 1975, and then I say I, Eric Lyons, was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma in 1975, and I'm talking about myself Eric Lyons, and I'm talking about myself at the same time on, you know, in 1975, and I'm talking about being born in the same sense, meaning I'm not talking about being born spiritually, uh, which is of utmost and most importance, uh, but I'm talking about being born physically from Cliff and Marty Lyons. Mm -hmm. Well, if I say those two things, then those are, are obvious contradictory statements. But what happens so often is people will take a Bible statement here and a Bible statement here, or maybe even more than two statements, and contend that they they contradict each other when they're not considering whether they were being spoken or written at the same time in the same sense, and if they're talking about the same person, place, or thing. I, I heard Kyle Butt in a lecture Somewhere. <laughs> I've, I've listened to Kyle a bit. Um, He's a but, great one to listen to. <laughs> isn't he, though? Uh, whenever we were in school, we went to lecture shifts. We had to, we had to, out, we had to take notes on the le lectures we attended. And I, I, even though Kyle preaches a lot in the narrative style, and it was very hard for me to outline, I still went. And, and, and I, I might have just had two or three lines on his lectures because – he, he he starts way out here and then comes down to a honed point. And I like that style of preaching, but it's difficult. Anyway, I'm going to, I digress. Hmm. What was I saying? You caught something from one of his lectures. Yes. In order to be, if, if there is any plausible explanation, it is not, it does not meet the criteria for a bona fide contradiction. 
That, that's right. You I mean think about how we want to be treated today. You know, if if someone says something about you or me, and they make the allegation, but but they haven't proven it, and and they they don't know that you have a legitimate explanation for the allegation they're making against you. You know, whether yeah. it is hey, you stole money, or you you committed a crime, or or committed adultery. Well. Why are they making these statements? Well, because right. they see this or heard this or think this, but there's actually a legitimate explanation that maybe you just haven't had an opportunity to give. And when it comes to the Bible, people make all sorts of allegations that uh, they're, they're not here to defend. That is the Bible writers. But we, as apologists, as a Christ, as Christians, we can say, well, you know, could it be that Jesus said this or a Bible writer said this for this reason or that reason? The, the, the one principle that I tell people to remember oftentimes is the principle that we talk about in the United States a lot, for which I am thankful. And that is that we are we are innocent until proven guilty. And just because someone makes a claim against us that if we go into a trial, that we should be uh, rightly um, thought of as innocent until proven guilty. And that's how we work with with people every day around the yeah. world. When we go yeah. into a, a store, when we uh, go and, and talk to someone, uh, maybe... Maybe it's it's even at a gas station where we're we're pumping our gas. We don't assume that that gas pump has been incorrectly or fraudulently tampered with, unless we have proof, you know, that that is the case. It, it, it I cannot help but think of the difference between the account of Cornelius and his household between Acts chapter ten and Acts chapter eleven. In Acts chapter eleven, Peter rehearses the matter in order from the beginning, which is the difference between me saying, hey, guys, you know, I got up this morning and I put my uh, shoes and socks on. But if you got me on a witness stand and I'm under oath and I've got to be pedantic and I've got to rehearse the matter in order from the beginning, then I'm going to I'm going to speak differently. And I'm going to tell you, I put my socks on. Then I put my shoes on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not a contradiction. Yeah, you'll see that a good bit in Scripture where the Bible writers uh, oftentimes did not put things in a a chronolo- an intended sequential chronological order uh, for whatever reasons they had. And we can think of various ones. One may just be that in a particular culture, they may not be quite as... Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. They they may not be accustomed to putting things in a routine and sequential order as maybe other people in other cultures, or it may be a somewhat of a personality thing. I have I have three children, and I can tell you, there's one of them that comes to mind when I think of okay, he would be more likely to to put things in a sequential order, whereas maybe my other child or two would be more likely just to talk about it in general and not say or intend something to be in a, a chronological, strict chronological yeah. order. And so unless someone says that, unless a Bible writer says this was in chronological order, then we should be careful assuming that. Absolutely. And Aaron, you have a question that is that is associated with this section, Understanding Bible Contradictions. So I'm going to ask this question, and then I think your question builds on to it. Uh, so Eric, here, here it is. And I think this is the part everybody's going to love. Can you give some examples of common Bible contradictions that skeptics often point to? 
Sure. Yeah. Were you going to me or Aaron next? Am I supposed to? Oh, sorry. I, very, it's, uh, uh, that's you. And then Aaron has a question, I think, that is going to piggyback off this. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are, um, there are unfortunately and sadly, hundreds of right. alleged discrepancies that are, are put out there, especially on the Internet. Some, uh, one that is probably the most popular of them all, and it's amazing to me that it's so popular and so oftentimes used and parroted because it is, is really relatively easy to answer, especially when you remember what the definition of a contradiction is, and that is uh, how did Judas kill himself? And when Matthew says he went out and hanged himself, and Luke mentions in Acts 1 that he fell headlong, burst open in the middle, and all his entrails or guts came out, uh, it is alleged, and I've seen it alleged probably dozens or hundreds of times, uh, when the simple uh, answer is, when you go back to, are we talking about the same person, place, or thing at the same time in the same sense? Mm-hmm. Well, we are talking about the same person, Judas, but was Matthew and Luke talking about the exact same time? And the answer is no. Matthew mentions that he went out and hanged himself. And then Luke mentions that he fell headlong, burst open in the middle, and all his guts came out. And as sickening as that is to, to think about or talk about, the, um, uh, the, the fact is those were said or, or talked about in two different times. First, he went out and hanged himself, and then and, and then he fell headlong for whatever reason that, that Luke doesn't record for us, whether a branch broke or a rope broke or something else. Well, I, I remember uh, somebody giving us a sermon outline, and that it was affectionately entitled The Denominational Ear. So whenever Peter lops off the right ear of a, of a, of a guard named Malchus uh, with a sword— you have you, you you get none of you, you don't get all of that from yeah. you got you got to go to all the accounts I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say mm-hmm. if you just take one of the accounts you're not going to get the full picture that yeah. that's right yeah and and that to me the Judas thing is that and and the the creation order in Genesis as well you know from Genesis one to Genesis two but the you're, you're talking about the same thing creation but the purpose of the writing is different the focus is different in, in 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 chapter two. It's a recapitulation that focuses more on 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 the on the creation of man. You got an overview, and That's then right. now we're going to talk about man. Yeah, chapter one, much more emphasis on not only the God of creation, but the God of creation who is revealing to us the order of the creation in six days plus the seventh day that he rested. Whereas chapter two. The emphasis is clearly on the the creation of Adam and Eve on day six. And so, you know, people attempt to try to uh, make a contradiction out of the chronology of the two when really chapter two, there's there's not an emphasis on the chronology as there is in chapter one. And, and, you know, you'll see this. You can go a few chapters later. I remember hearing an individual who who was actually a, a good preacher, but he was quite confused about Genesis chapter 11 because uh, there were these, you know, the, the languages that God had confused at Babel. But in chapter 10, the Bible tells us that there were various languages that speak people spoke. 
And that, that's because chapter 10 has some genealogical information and the events in chapter 11 actually occur during the lifetimes of some of those individuals who are mentioned in chapter 10. It's, a, it's one of those things where we, when we read a history book today and we go from one chapter to another, sometimes those chapters are not in perfect chronological order. They can't be if you're yeah. talking about two different you know, if you're talking about world history and you're talking about two different countries, well, you may have uh, one chapter talking about a country or, or peoples uh, during the Middle Ages, and then you'll you'll go back to study some things about India before the Middle Ages in Europe. And so, um, it's not in it's not intended to be a strict chronology. And again, the, the Bible is not, not that way anyway. We, in the gospel accounts, you can see where Matthew recorded the temptations of Christ, and he records them, uh, and the second and third temptations uh, reverse from how Luke recorded them in Luke chapter 4. Mm -hmm. And people contend, well, that must be a mistake. Well, not if they did not intend at least one of them to write them chronologically. Yeah. So... Whenever I was doing a little bit of research for the program today, I just went into Apologetics Press website, and on the search bar, I typed in Bible contradictions, and there is a wealth of absolutely free resources that come up, and uh, I remember noticing that there's audio files that you can either, I think you can download them, or you can at least listen to the website. And they are dealing with the chronology of the Bible in different in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I didn't even know those existed, and I'll be going back and listening to them. Yeah, sure. Hey, and also Tony, if you uh, if you go to our website and you click on articles, there's a drop down box that is uh, just called alleged discrepancies. And then if you oh, click wow. alleged discrepancies, then all of those articles are separated by books of the Bible. And oh, so you yeah. can, like, if you have a question about Genesis 4 or about Exodus 20 or, you know, Matthew chapter 4, you'll just click on Old Testament or New Testament and then click on Matthew and then yeah. scroll down and you can see, like, the one I just mentioned from uh, Matthew chapter 4, in what order did Satan tempt Jesus? So there's an yes. article, you know, out there on that. So it's it's uh, accessible. There's also, as you mentioned, videos. If you go to our video category and you... Um, click on, for example, video series. There's a video series out there, uh, one on the inspiration of the Bible. Uh, there's one out there on uh, alleged Bible discrepancies. I'm trying to remember the the name of that is, is the Bible contradictory? And those are short videos. Mm -hmm. And we also have longer audio that's uh, available for free. I know through our web store and perhaps some other um, way as well. Well, that's wonderful. But I tell you, I cannot believe that I missed the the alleged Bible contradictions uh, dropper there. I'm I'm going to take advantage of that. That that uh that'll come out as uh, cogitations content. We'll do a series on alleged Bible contradictions. Yeah, and if you hadn't checked out their uh, AP app for for devices, it's good too. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about had the it app. Very very long. There's tons that I haven't accessed, but I've been you know trying to familiarize myself with it and. I mean, I, yeah. I assume nearly all the same stuff is probably in the app that's on the website. That's it. Yeah. Um, Be sure. Yeah. Get that app. But also from what I remember on our app, they limit us to a certain number of articles uh, in the categories. So huh. 
all the content, there, there are literally thousands of articles on our website, about, about 500 videos and, you know, PDF books on our, our app. There's a lot of content, a lot of videos, especially. But for, if I re remember correctly, you won't have as many articles. You'll have the latest articles, but not, you know, going back, you know, a, a decade or two. They're not, they're not there. I wish they were. Maybe one day they will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ajit Tomobi, if you would put in the comment section, what link are you looking for? Um, I've, I've dropped the link in the comment section already to the uh, box set of When the Anvil Rings, and that'll get you to Apologetics Press website. Uh, so, um, oh, can we have the link to the app? Uh, I don't know how to get that to you, actually. Um, Aaron, if... I would just say go to the app store on whatever device. Yeah, you're on. Android That's, or Android or iOS device. Yeah, yep. And and you'll be able That's to get I it there. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I know it's in the Apple store because I have an iPhone. Yes. Um Ajetumobi asks, so basically, Eric's argument is that alleged contradictions is mostly a lack of understanding or clarification rather than a factual contradiction. Would you would you co sign off on that statement? Uh Absolutely. Yeah, they are they're accusations that are levied against the Bible writers, but they're not they're not proven. And so, you know, keep in mind that the Bible writers are like we should be, innocent until proven guilty. Amen. And, you know, when you you know, if you were to make an accusation about me to my wife and I'm not around, she, she's going to say, well, how do you know Eric didn't say this for this reason or that reason? When it comes to the Bible writers, you know, when people say, well, Jesus said in John 5 that if he bears witness of himself, his witness is not true, verse 31. But in John 8, he says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. Well, you, you put those two on a... Uh, you know, on a piece of paper, uh, on top of each other, side by side, they, on the surface, they look contradictory. But you have to ask yourself this question. Is it possible? Is it honestly, legitimately possible that Jesus made those two statements for different reasons? Mm -hmm. And my contention is absolutely. The context of John 5 is Jesus giving evidence for him being the Son of God. He's, he's, he's giving testimony of that and showing the various testimony from others that prove that. Yeah. But he says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And that's a factual statement. Not that he's lying. Uh, it's not that he's not telling the truth. He's, he's acknowledging that if he came down from heaven and the only thing, the only proof he offered was, I'm telling you I'm God. I'm telling you I'm the Son of God. And that's all he did. Well, his testimony should not be considered valid in a court of law. So says the Old Testament. Yeah. And so he goes on then to give the evidences for his uh, being more than a mere man and how that was testified from God the Father, from John the Baptizer, from the miracles that he worked, from the scriptures themselves. Whereas in John chapter 8, he is, uh, I fully believe, making the statement, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. And he is acknowledging, it would seem to me in this sense, that he's saying, hey, I am telling the truth, whether you think I am or not, and whether you know, you've know uh, believed these other evidences or not, I'm just telling you, I'm telling the truth. And I believe that that is at least one uh, legitimate possible explanation for his statement in John chapter 8. Absolutely. Eric, here's at least one question for you. I'll try to, and not expecting a long answer because of the time, but 
do the manuscript variants of of the Bible do they play into alleged contradictions? Could you make a comment or two? Maybe even give a brief description of the variants or something, a brief definition of that for our viewers. Yes, you know, that has to do with our, our manuscript evidence. And I would just back up and say, number one, we should be so thankful that we have. And and the Bible is a is is the most unique book in all the world for more than one reason. And one of those is it is the most historically documented ancient book in all the world. That is that there are more manuscripts of uh, especially as we think about the New Testament, um, than any other ancient book. Um, and so we, we've got thousands of them, not to mention all the quotations from early Christians who were not inspired, but they quoted Scripture, not to mention the early translations of Scripture. So, you know, we should celebrate the thousands of manuscripts that we have. We should also expect that since God inspired the original writings and not copies of copies of copies of copies of copies, that there are going to be some differences in some of those copies. Just as, for example, when AP printed for the very first time our study Bible, uh, there was somehow, we have no earthly idea how this happened, but there was a word, I believe it was in, if I recall correctly, in Ezekiel, uh, where uh, Tyre, the city of Tyre, was not spelled T-Y-R-E, it was spelled T-Y, and then I think an at symbol and some other weird symbol. <laughs> and it was, you know, that's not a God mistake. That is a copyist error. Uh, it could very well be that on accident, the individual who was laying out that text for us, the Holy, you know, uh, the Holy Bible, um, not our uninspired commentary, that accidentally, you know, some stroke on a keyboard was hit unintentionally. And we, you know, even though we proofed that and others proofed it, uh, that was not caught. And so if that occurs, that's not a God problem. That is a human problem. And it is a human problem that we can rationally understand. Meaning no one, I don't know of one person who said, well, the Bible's not the Word of God because that AP study Bible that came out had a, an incorrect keystroke there. And I've had other, uh, in my Bibles I've been using for for decades, I've, I've spotted and seen other keystrokes that were not perfectly uh, printed. And so it, like where there was a, a, an, what it looked like an A instead of a D, it was supposed to be A-N-D and it looked like A-N-A. -A. Well, again, <laughs> You're, you're going to have differences in some copies of Scripture, but those differences are not proven contradictions. Um, and they, they're exactly what, what you sh should expect. And by the way, as J.W. McGarvey mentioned many years ago, if you have, if you have a, a family whose who, uh, his, his, great-grandfather is leaving all of his wealth to, and there are 50 copies of that will, but the original that was in the, in the bank you know, was burned, uh, because th th there was a fire at the bank, you know, there are lawyers who would take those 50 copies or judges and would be able to make good decisions based upon the 50 copies, even though some of those copies may have smudges on them, may have some kind of incorrect notation on them. Mm -hmm. And that's textual criticism. That does not keep us from learning much of anything uh, from ancient writers, non-inspired, and it shouldn't keep us from learning anything about 
anything truthful from the word of God itself. Amen. Hey, amen. What a one I've never heard that illustration. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, I can't like, remember. I think it maybe was in his book, Evidences of Christianity. I can't recall yeah. right offhand, but he he did a masterful job with that illustration. Yeah. And and, and as far as I'm concerned, the textual variances that are out there are not a black mark against the uh, inspiration of God's word and, and whether or not we can trust it. To me, it's a proof. I mean, l look at, first off, l look at what, look at the variables, but then look at the things that are not variables. Look at the things that have been preserved over the years, and I have no choice but to see the hand of providence in it. That's right. You know, if we can have history classes all over the world and we can study, you know, books from Tacitus and Suetonius and Josephus that do not have near, I mean, anywhere close to the number of manuscripts. And they are, we are expected to uh, believe their veracity and historicity. And yet uh, people oftentimes throw out, and I mean, you know, uh, they refuse to consider that kind of logical reasoning when it comes to Scripture. And yet it's 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 sadly just a biasness against Scripture because, yeah. well, it would seem because many people simply don't want to believe that the Bible is from God. You know, this whole issue of the Bible and has it been corrupted is a very important thing for Christians to study. And I wanted to plug again Apologetics Press. I really like Dave's work, Has the Bible Been Corrupted? And I'm sure I'm not the first one to request this, but Eric, I'm going to make a request. If it hadn't already been turned down, maybe we can get Dave to put that in a book form. But I've watched the videos. That would be so cool to have yeah, that in I a think, little I think he has plans to do that. I hope so. so. I really like that. And I like the video audio version of it too, but it would be nice to have it in written form. I feel like these variants, like Tony, you said, they actually evidence God's incredible wisdom you know, mind-blowing wisdom. It's like God wanted, he no doubt knew it would happen. He wanted these variants to show the veracity of it. But sometimes even sincere brethren, not knowing much about the manuscript variants, think that it's a weakness of scripture. And and I don't know, I appreciate the comments you've made and there could be uh, more said, but they're not. And I, I encourage our viewers, you know, go in there and, and and read some more, even like Dave's work, you know, has the Bible been corrupted? And he, he explains the significance or insignificance, you know, uh, of these variants because of these uh, many copies, these ancient copies of God's word. And it, it, it really, a study of it just builds faith in someone who already believes that the Bible is the word of God, that Jesus is the son of God. So I like that study a lot. Amen. All right. Uh, lightning quick. The future of your work and then the conclusion. Our, and and you're, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you not as Eric Lyons, but the director. I'm asking you as the director of Apologetics Press. Are there any upcoming projects or areas of research related to apologetics and, and your work or, or the work of Apologetics Press as a whole that you're particularly excited about that you would like to share with our audience? Hey, that's a great question. Yeah, we have a uh, we have one book that we're hoping to uh, get printed on um, on Jehovah's Witnesses here in about awesome. maybe the next uh, four or five months. And we love our friends who refer to themselves as Jehovah's Witnesses, but they have a uh, an, a real big issue on claiming that Jesus is not God, and so uh, that. That book is hopefully going to be released. Dave Miller has done a great job with that. It's not, it's not going to be an extremely long read, 
Um, and we also continue just to put, um, hopefully, dozens of more uh, videos that we are working on and being uh, currently being edited on our website. Kyle and I are going to be doing, uh, hopefully being released in 2024, a, a new edition of Behold the Lamb of God on the mm. deity of Christ. So just adding a few chapters uh, to that and hoping to get that done. We're also just making a few improvements in the commentary on the AP Study Bible and and in in uh, newer uh, newer copies of the small Bible, not the ones that are at the printer right now, but just uh, taking some of the pages that are currently made for notes or empty right now uh, that we're going to add some more commentary in the commentary section. So adding nothing to the infallible Word of God, but hopefully some helpful study notes in both of the Bibles that we publish. So excited about that. Amen. I'm, I am too. So in closing, uh, you know, you got to get off here. Could you provide some key takeaways for our listeners specifically regarding the importance of, if you'll allow me to appropriate the language of our brother, Peter, uh, of, of being ready to give an answer to the critics who accuse the Bible of having contradictions and how can that strengthen their faith? Sure. Yeah, I would just want to encourage all of us, as difficult as it is sometimes, to be willing to listen and to engage with those who sometimes they're just attacking in an attack mode. Sometimes they are, are maybe they are a little bit uneducated. And so they're saying things, possibly it might come across in a mocking way. Possibly they are truly truth seeking and they're asking maybe hard questions. And so I would encourage us to be kind, reminding us what Peter said at the end of First Peter 3.15, to, to give these answers with a spirit of meekness and fear, uh, with a gentleness and reverence and to uh, be patient with other people. Listen, we live in a, a day and time, especially in the U.S., where um, fewer and fewer people know much about the Bible at all. And so there's going to be great ignorance when it comes to, to Scripture. And so we want to, we, we genuinely want to try to help people who don't know what to think or maybe even how to think about Scripture. And so we're going to hopefully help people with some basic fundamental uh, understandings, which oftentimes begin with, almost all the time, begins with uh reading the text for ourselves, not just believing a, an allegation simply because an allegation is made against the Bible, but looking for ourselves and showing other people what the Bible says, uh, actually says, and what the Bible actually says within a context that we want to uh, try to help people to see in the immediate context and also an overall general remote biblical context. To me, those are just some foundational, fundamental thoughts, both on how we react to people and what we want people to see and know kind of at the outset as we begin conversations with them. Very good. Amen. I think of Proverbs eighteen seventeen: He that is first in his own cause seemeth just or right, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. These people heard the wrong thing first, and it sounds right. That's right. But you're going to come along in meekness, in reverence towards God, in love of their soul, but more importantly, loving the truth and loving God, and you're going to set the matter in order. And they're going to see that if you handle it correctly. Yeah. And Apologetics Press can outfit for you for that, that battle. Yeah. 
I've that's a lot of greatly. Good stuff. I know, I know. I, I wish we had you for another six <laughs> or nineteen hours. Um, uh, I jet to Moby. Uh, contact Apologetics Press for that. Um, he had some questions about copyright and what he could publish in a journal in Africa. So I direct him to your to your folks there. I'm assuming. Sure, that that'd be great. And we're you know we love it when people use our material uh, from our website and and get that in uh, uh, whether it is published in English or translated. Uh, we just when things are translated, we just uh, are always try to recommend that they get at least two other individuals to proofread that and then send us a copy of it so we can have a copy as well. Great. Yeah. So yeah, it would be probably good for him to, to, yeah. to, to partner with y'all in that and, and right. send you a formal us, email us at mail at apologeticspress.org. Mail. Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. I was, I was going to ask another question. Finish what you were saying, Tony. Oh no. Mail at apologetics. I was going to try to, Say that email one more time. Yeah, mail at apologeticspress.org. Mail at apologeticspress.org. Okay. All right, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to ask uh, what y'all's rule for using the articles and reading the articles for podcasts and things like that. I don't oh. know if you can answer that real quick or, but yeah, we, we love it when people do it. We love it when people put them you know, in bulletin yeah. articles or on their yeah. own website or whatever. We just ask that they not, uh, change the article and that they include the the references that go along with them because a lot of times we are quoting others and uh, if, if those references or endnotes are left out uh, you can make them small but don't leave them out because we uh, want to make sure that that not only are we properly quoted but that when we're quoting others that they're given their yeah. uh, the, the proper credit as well absolutely yeah well brother Eric Lyons do you have anything? to say uh, that, that before you get off here. Well, hey, I'll just say thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Uh, wish wish you brothers the best in the Lord. Continue keeping up the good work and uh, do hope that your listeners will visit apologeticspress.org uh, and, and use our material as much as possible. Help other people uh, find out about it, learn about it. And, uh, you know, if they choose to ever get any printed material, they can just, there's a easy to use web store that, that's there on the uh, on the website as well. And uh, we'll, we'll be happy to ship out materials as as we can do that. But again, thousands of, of, of things on our website from Bible curriculum to uh, home study courses to videos to articles to our journals, Reason, Revelation, and Discovery. So it's all there. Hope uh, hope it'll be of great help to uh, to your listeners. I guarantee you it will. I feel loath to do it, but I want to press the button to get you off the screen. God Eric, bless you. Yeah, thank Eric, you so much. Eric. Yeah, I want to thank you personally for all that you've done, all that you do. I feel like I grew up, I grew up with Apologetics Press, and uh, it's been a great blessing to me. Stuff that you and Kyle, <laughs> Dave has done. I mean. Great stuff. I'm from Columbiana, Alabama. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, oh wow, Columbia. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, been there a few say, times. Proof. Say hello to Dave ba David Bass for me when you see him again there. All hey, right. Yeah. This, this is turning into a Southern goodbye. We're going to be yeah. another 90, 97, four right. twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. God Thank bless. You. See you. We'll see y'all. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Oh, I hated letting go. I know, but it's good to do that too. We told I, I him. I know. We I know. Told we him. told him. It's an it hour. It feels good when he's off, like because like we actually kept our word. <laughs> I know. Yes, we got it. We did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but Aaron, like we could end the podcast right now, and and, and yeah. it's weird. We got a, its own time. Uh, hey, for those of you that are still here, hit subscribe on that YouTube channel. Man, our YouTube channel—we got like 119 subscribers now. 
Um, I just released a video that hit a hundred views, which is far from viral, but a hundred views, man. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's good. And, and we get comments and stuff like that. Uh, we punch way above our weight here at Christianity now brand because of you, our listeners. Um, Scott Beck says, thank you for the great podcast. Um, uh, Jet Nimobi, uh, says, thank you. And for all of you that were commenting, I mean, just, just thanks. Um, the, it, it helped the algorithm. We had, uh, uh, consistently above 30 folks, Terry Crooks, Connie Barden, Christy house, uh, of course, a jet to Moby. And, uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Angie B. A lot of folks. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Aaron, what, what do you, what do you think? You got anything you think we need to cover? I think that uh, I guess my final thought is we need to study these matters because we need to study God's word and we want to defend it. And we also, there's not a, but here it's, and, and we also want to study it for our own faith. Like it's going to happen. If you comb over the scriptures, every verse, you are going to come across some verses that, without studying and looking at closely and thinking on it appears like, is that a contradiction? And you're not being irreverent. You believe no. the word of God is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. Yeah. You trust Jesus with all your heart, but that's why God has, you know, obviously he's commanded us to study. I mean, we, you, he wrote it that way. Like, I guess he could have wrote it in a way where there never appears to be a, a contradiction. Well, I guess. I guess he could have wrote it like that. He could have gave us but, nine bullet points on an eight and right. a half by 11 sheet of paper. Right. But he wrote it the way he did because there's significance in words. There's significance in context. You know, there's significance in situations and application. I mean, so sometimes even to the Bible believer who trusts Christ, who has obeyed the gospel, it appears... And, and and for our own faith as well. Yeah. You know, like, for example, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, compare all of them together. One of the things, and I wish we could have gone more, you know, with Eric. Oh, I wish I had him another two hours. I, know, I, I wanted to get to, some, to talk about nothing but the Bible contradiction. I know. And I wanted to get some, like, what he thought would be, like, practical ways to help in a personal, your own, just me, myself, and I studying. But I'll just add what I think would be. So, yeah. Take a piece of paper. And like write down, you know, the the like Matthew says this, you know, Mark says this, and then write some points as to why Mark was writing what he wrote and to whom Mark was writing and the thoughts that are around, you know, like do your own like e- examination, your own study. Hold the fort. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. I just want to encourage, you know, our viewers, since I'm holding the fort. One thing that has really helped me a lot, and and I've done this more and more in recent years, I I type my notes often for a Bible study or a sermon, but much of my work in my preparation is written by hand. And I want to encourage you, you know, like with these alleged Bible contradictions, I recall doing this uh, in years past uh, with the two books that, uh, well, actually there are three volumes now that, we put the link in the comments. You remember um, that Eric uh, has either authored or co-authored the uh, Anvil Rings Bible, alleged Bible contradictions. Uh, the first two volumes I had for so long and used them so much, the spine on them broke. 
but uh, I would write down a passage and I would highlight things and hit in their book. And then I would uh, go in my own notes and write certain things down. And so like writing things down and seeing them, I think a lot of times can really help because you can compare things. Uh, you, you don't want to just take someone's word for it, but the writings, for example, of Eric and others, uh, men who respect the authority of God's word and the lordship of Jesus Christ, the church, uh, these are guys that can really offer some insights into having a balanced view to consider, okay, well, if, if, if these two passages are in the word of God and they're not contradictory because God is not confusing. That comment was made earlier. God is not the author of confusion. First Corinthians 14, 33, you take that concept, that principle, then uh, as one instructor that Tony and I had, I was about to, I was about to, don't quote me in your notes, but I was about to mention something that uh, Billy Bland uh, used to say, uh, instead of looking at two passages that appear to be contradictions, say, how do we harmonize these? He would say something like, they're already harmonized. We have to find the harmony that's already there. That's it. And so, you know, what I was basically the gist of what I was saying while I was holding down the fort was, I want to encourage, I know Tony does this too, write down notes with a yes. pen and paper uh, when you're comparing things and you're trying to figure things out. It's a way your mind can. What's the word you've been using recently uh, on the show? The way you do your articles, free, free, free flow, oh, uh, stream, uh, stream of stream of consciousness. consciousness. Yes, do that with your notes. Uh, I'm saying that to our good viewers. You know, do yeah. that. Write things down, and it just helps. It helps me a lot. Yes, and 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 you'll find, especially for you gospel preachers that might be listening. Uh, when you quote unquote doodle, which is basically as you study, you write stuff and. Mm -hmm. And everything you, you're you're what you're doing there is you are ordering your thoughts mm -hmm. by yeah. by doing that and, and as and as little as I do with a pen and paper uh, I'm I'm much more my mouth and ears as far as I learn through my ears and I process out my mouth mm -hmm. but I still am benefited through yeah, you used to have that little brown leather notebook yeah. or something that you yep. I, yeah and i mean i still keep i don't keep it like i used to but i i keep it handy um we have uh, i i know who this is but because it says facebook user i'm not calling their name um when i was in preaching school at west virginia school of preaching we had to write a paper harmonizing certain passages together you may have read this now that i think about it i haven't it. read it out loud i just read oh, okay. it right before you did oh, just to gotcha. myself go ahead um, so the harmonizing certain passages that appear to be contradiction to some people, I wrote my paper on the resurrection accounts. It was an excellent study. Absolutely. That's one of the things I would have liked to have gotten Eric into as well. Yes. Oh, I think the resurrection accounts are perhaps one of the more attacked yeah. sections. I've, according to Eric's yeah. writings, I think. I've, but the beautiful thing is we can go to apologetics press and evidently they got the pull down menu. Yeah. <laughs> you can go look at it. It's awesome. I know. But look, but people don't understand how much money that that website at Apologetics Press probably $50,000 to replicate. Wow. We're not counting the material that's on it. I'm just talking about the design on the back end yeah. to make all that stuff work. But that's what the church needs. Like Yes. Oh, that's my one of my little tangents. It 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 bothers me how you know these these denominations have often excellent resources. The material is not the whole truth, 
but, oh, but yeah. their venues are yeah, good. You're, like, you know, you can go and they'll have an app. And and I'll give you an example. I've had it on my phone before looking at it. Uh, but 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 uh, I know of one famous I won't call his name just because I don't want that to be the point of it, but one sure. famous denominational preacher and his church, quote unquote, you can go and you can look up every book of the Bible and there's a link to every sermon that he's done. And it's like Genesis chapter one. And a lot of them are broken down like verses one through 10, yeah, 11 through 20. I'm like, we need to do that. In the Lord's church. Like, yes. And have that accessible instead of just, well, I'm scrolling on Facebook, looking back through Tony and Aaron's videos. I, did, I know they did a lot of good videos on this yeah. back in 2008 and well, like the website and, and, and yeah. tagging things. It's a lifesaver. Like we need organization for our materials. So th- th- that's where like we, I'm not good at organization. Yeah, I'm not either. So what would be great is like, like the, the, uh, remember we we ask for your monetary support on Christianity now. Eventually, that monetary support is going to go yep. to paying a person who is good at organization yep. to help us with this. So they're going to go back on the Substack. And in fact, let me let me put that. Can you imagine that like all up. the podcasts you've done and like the and the consultations, oh, yeah. Christianity Now, the yeah. articles we put? Can you imagine that being all that being organized and tagged and easily accessible? And and, and it's possible. It just takes money. I know. Well, one day, Lord willing, I I, I I hope we can have that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like having having like the two by two podcast, having um, cogitations Christianity Now, having it all in one location and accessible. Yep. where you can just type in a keyword and it brings it up or, you know, I don't know, but you know how to do it. But I, I do know this. Let me say this for our people, because there's a lot of folks that listen to us on a regular basis. And we appreciate you. Oh yeah. Uh, if you don't know this, like you go to Podbean and, and you either mine or Tony's podcast, you listen to, you can search just like cogitations, just the yeah. Aaron J. Dodson podcast. And you can yeah. type in, you know, baptism and it will bring up the, the podcasts that we have done as long as it's in that as long as the yeah so like if you want to know what i said about baptism and you don't know what sadly it's possible that i might have said something about baptism yeah and uh that you want to remember uh in a podcast about yeah uh, easter taking the lord's supper (laughs) you know yeah but so we can't help you there but um if you if you want to be like hey aaron dotson uh did a podcast on um, the significance of the of the of the of the triumphal entry of of Jesus Christ, yeah. and so well, I know that on two by two he had three guests, and they talked about the triumphal entry. So you can go to Podbean, you can search mm-hmm. the two by two podcast for the triumphal entry, yeah. and that uh you'll, you'll be able to find it, or yeah. a lot easier to find it. And unfortunately, with the two by two, I just started putting that up in the last like since August. Yeah. audio on pod you know but the aaron j dodson podcast and then also like cogitation stuff like that, that we've been involved in you can search and you know if it's in the title it'll be there yes uh rusty kirby says a lot of congregations have the live service youtube yeah. facebook and then never offer the title of the sermon that I, was preached just a date i see they that need all the time. titles for the searches i have yes. tried really hard and we got a couple guys to do our stuff here they will often do it in the Every now and then when I forget to give them the title or I don't say it in the sermon, I go back on our church page and put it in there because 
Yeah. At least people can see the title on there. Well, a stitch in time saves nine. And the easiest thing, the easiest time to do it is when you're doing it. But yep. Yep. that's easier said than done. Yeah. Quite And frank. our guys here do real good, but every now and then I don't get it to them or something, you know. Yeah. So. Um, here, here's something I want to get with Scott Beck or get from Scott Beck. Oh, hold on. I'm I'm trying to click on it, but it's, it's I'm clicking on the wrong thing. All right. I wonder if most contradictions come from Bible believers or those who don't acknowledge the Bible as the word of God. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I was going to say yes. That maybe, is true. Maybe, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, but even like, I think they get perpetuated publicly by unbelievers. Yeah. Because their websites and other things they, they put out and they're like, you know, it's dumb to believe in the Bible. There's 7,000 contradictions in the Bible. And you yeah. go and look at them and like 6,000 of the things they're saying are contradictions are when the Bible was updated and spelled into more modern English from 1679 yeah. or 1611 or whatever. It's like, that's not even, that's, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of the things they claim are contradictions aren't even remotely connected to being a contradiction. It's just like, You've heard those numbers before. There's a hundred thousand contradictions in the Bible. Ten thousand. I've heard all kind of whack numbers, but then I think on the other side of it, there are uh, questions that come from from sincere believers, from Christians, yeah. members of the church that we need to know the answer to. Well, remember what 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 is it that Christians will do that an atheist will not? They will admit they could be, could wrong. be wrong. They will struggle. Yeah with their belief system and their faith where an atheist will not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, West Palm beach has a comment done on their website with study on each book. So they got a good, they got a good website then. Maybe, maybe she meant like commentary done. I think so. Maybe I think so. Yeah. Uh, Our problems have arisen as a result of our lack of study. Mm. Yes, they have. Yeah. Uh, yep, they have. All right. Well, Aaron. Oh, let let me relay this. I I didn't want to take any of Eric's time, and I took I took too much of it. I don't think. Well, I, I'm just gonna leave it. I, I I think I cope when I'm and when I'm when I have anxiety by taking the focus off that which makes me anxious and putting it on me, which sounds counterintuitive, but <laughs> it's. I just recognize that about me and I need to stop it. Um, I need to see how little I can use what like now I'm using I, I, me, me so much, but I shouldn't do that. Anyway, here's my point. Whenever I was, I don't know, I had fifth, sixth grade, something like that. So I started in kindergarten when I was four, that meant I was about 10, nine or 10, maybe 11. I was asking my Bible teacher at Mount Zion church of Christ questions. And I had a, I had a, mind that this evolutionary theory made sense to me and I was asking questions that the Bible and I'm not going to call the Bible teacher's name he's gone on to his reward he was doing the best he could with what he had Yeah. and I was asking questions that he really wasn't prepared to answer and he went into protection in other words his his understanding of what was going on is I had lost my faith in Christ and he was doing what he could to protect the other, protect that to, in his mind, protect the class and keep that attitude from spreading. And he actually said, public, publicly, while in my presence, while I was in the class, "Don't be like this young man here. He has lost his faith." 
And again, I this was this back in the eighties. I don't blame him. I don't hold any ill will, but again, if I might, because I, I I'm saying this out of gratitude, and also to uh, if there's one person that ever watches this that hasn't accessed Apologetics Press material, yeah. then I feel like I've succeeded in this. I I I gr- I'm I'm a few years, not much, younger than you, and I'm I'm ten yeah. years younger than Eric. He said he was forty eight. Yeah, but, I'm, you know, I'm like, 46. Yeah, you know, like because of their work, like I grew up in an era, in a time where I their their material was beginning to be made available. Like, yeah, when either about the time I was in high school or right after, you know, like the time I was started really getting really hungry. I mean, I was studying before that, but you know, like I was getting more of an independent young man, and like their materials were available. And so when I start having these harder questions and I start hearing these things when I went to college and stuff, they had their website. I started, like I, I said on the, uh, when we had him on, I've read two of the three volumes of the Ed Marines. I'm talking about yeah. I read every page and I yep. studied it. So I devoured it and I've read a lot of stuff on their website too after that. But before I had as often access to the internet as I do now, like smartphones and stuff, I was reading their printed material, you know, and it has just, it's just helped me so much. Like it's just, yeah. it's just built my faith so much to, again, like the comment I made earlier with him on the show, we can't have the attitude. Well, you just got to have faith. It's like God no. doesn't want us to just have faith. Well, he you, wants us to study. You understand like, what the explanation of dinosaur bones was back in the eighties. Whenever I was asking all these questions is what? God put it there to confound the atheist. Oh my. Like the dinosaurs never existed. And even still, like the, a few days ago, I saw a meme on Facebook that purported that there no, no full skeletons of any dinosaurs ever been found. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's just false. <laughs> right. Like that's exactly. blatantly false. Yeah. But you still see that kind of false stuff going around. Like, yeah, this is it. You know? Correct. Jesse McCaskill, where did Jesus meet the disciples after the resurrection? Uh, he met multiple places. I, I was going to say. <laughs> Depends he, on exactly when you're talking about. Yeah. I think originally it was in the, was in the uh, inner room. There, there was an inner room where he apparated. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, then eventually he met him at Galilee. Yeah. What uh, without without opening up the Bible, I'm trying to think. What happened first, like the end of the book of John? Yeah. Whenever uh, you know Peter said, "I'm going fishing." Mm-hmm. Well, that had to have been the Sea of Galilee. That's right. He appeared to him on the Sea of Galilee. He's over there cooking was, food, fishing, eating it. Was that before or after he apparated in the room? Um, I've got it open here. I'm looking, trying to. Yeah. Do do do. do. That was after he appeared in the room. Yeah. John 20 I, is where he appeared in the room, and then 21 is where they had breakfast by the sea. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know chapters ain't always strictly chronological, but I. Correct. I well, that, well, that's the thing, two, right? That I think these two might be, though. Yeah. My my assumption would be that they are. Yeah. Yeah. So P- Peter, Peter and company might not have been present in that initial. But I could be wrong. Again, I mean, it's I haven't looked at it that deep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so to to answer your question, I mean, you just got to take the all of the and, creation, all of the creation yeah. accounts, all of the all of the accounts in the Gospels, the resurrection accounts. 
wasn't the question that was asked, you know, as well. You had to define terms. Where did Jesus meet the disciples? Who, Which disciples? Are you talking about the two on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24? Yeah. Are you talking about the apostle? You know, yeah. define, you had to define your terms and then yeah. dig into the last chapters. Of well, the because technically, I, I always say this when I'm feeling very, in a very pedantic mood. Um, I'll, I'll, like I'll say, and, and the apostle Peter, James, and John, and the apostles Peter, James, and John, uh, in Matthew 17, went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. But then I'll go, well, they weren't apostles yet. Those <laughs> those those men <laughs> who would be become yeah. apostles. Yeah. So, called to be apostles. Yes, called to be apostles. <laughs> they weren't apostles yet. They weren't sent yet. The Great Commission didn't go into effect until the day of Pentecost. Yeah. They weren't really apostles till the day of Pentecost. Yep. Yep. Because apostle just means some who, someone who's sent. Yep. Uh, Apologetics Press is a great resource. I've learned so much from this resource, but also from you both, Aaron and Tony. Well, awesome. Great. Thank you. All right. Aaron, I think I'm a had lad. Yeah, I'm I've got that's I'm that's it. Um I enjoyed having him on. It was a, a pleasant experience and uh Yeah, it was. Thankful for his time. Being and I didn't want to say anything, but I, I'm I'm so evidently he does this enough that He's got something besides his computer camera and computer mic. Like he he had a microphone. Good. It was just off. It was just off frame. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably down lower. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sounded good so, to me from what I could hear. Oh, it, yeah. It, it sounded absolutely adequate. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, remember subscribe to the Christianity Now streams. I would love for you to do that. Anywhere you're watching this, subscribe. Um, remember, you can uh, send us. You can you can send us monetary. Um, you can send us monetary donation to support the podcast at www.nearchurches@gmail.com. If I can get this to show up, it'll be on the bottom third. Show there it is. Uh, gmail.com. That's a PayPal. And I know some of you use that, and I really appreciate it. Uh, again, I don't call your names because I figure you want to remain anonymous. But there's also www.buymeacoffee and www.patreon.com uh, forward slash Christianity now for both of those, and you can explore that. I didn't make any um, monetary supporter exclusive content last week. I had the flu. Ah. Yes, I did not realize it, and uh, Labeth uh, touched my forehead, and I was burning up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, no wonder my body ached and I had chills. Yeah, I thought I was just good. yeah getting old or something. But <laughs> anyway, I, I'm 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 back to about ninety six percent now. That's good. So that's good. Yes. I didn't even notice it. You're doing pretty good. Oh, I feel oh man, Aaron, I feel much better. Boy, that aching and fever and stuff it's rough man i guarantee it it's rough. I, it'll make I've, you curl up sometimes just i've been ugh. keeping these deals here oh, oh fisherman yeah. friend hey hey they'll have them in heaven brother i ha, guarantee ha, it ha. and i I feel like with fisherman's friend oh, i love them things i don't think they possess any medicinal value it's just when you take one you realize exactly how tough you are and your body just starts healing itself <laughs> 
Because if, you, if you're man enough, your body, you're tough enough. You got this if, within you. <laughs> if you're man enough to eat fisherman's friend, yeah, I love them. You're you're, you're 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 man enough to, to had, fight a flu virus. I've had several different ones, you know. When they saw me eating, I'm saying, "Yeah, hey, let me try one of them things." They put in about ten seconds. It's like no, sure. I'm like, don't spit it out. That's precious. It's like gold. And, don't waste it. Oh, and that reminds me, Aaron. There's this cough syrup. I don't know if I can get it in Canada, but back back home, you know, in Arkansas, uh, you you gotta you gotta. Not all the pharmacists carry it, but it's it's this cough syrup called Creomulsion. I think I've heard you mention that before. Well, the main ingre- the active ingredient is pine tar. Wow, it's it's creosote, like comes out of a telephone yeah, pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna smell like them uh telephone poles and those cross ties around a rail <laughs> railroad track. You know, right. That smell sometimes you get when you're oh <clears throat> all right. So th- this is a good one. This 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 would be an alleged Bible contradiction. Uh Jesse McCaskill says, I meant all eleven disciples. In Matthew, it's in Galilee, and in Luke, it's near Jerusalem. Well, Depending on perspective, Galilee is near Jerusalem. Um, you know, I mean, like, th- th- think about the, uh, like, people in the UK. They'll say, well, I'm from Brighton. Oh, yeah, is that near London? Well, you crazy? No, it's like three hours away. But if you're from the United States of America, I mean, you'll drive three hours one way to go out to eat. I mean, you you can like in the state of Tennessee. If you're in East Tennessee and you can't, you, you it won't you won't even get to Nashville in three hours. So yeah, it's a matter of perspective. I think um, I think oh, go to, ahead. Perhaps to answer that question is that the one in Jerusalem is before the one in Galilee. He appeared in the inner room. Yes, and he apparated in Jerusalem. That's prior to Galilee. Yeah, I think he. I think he went to Galilee before he ascended. Now I might be wrong, but the last I studied, I recall, I think that would be. Yeah, what well, I that, uh, believe about it at this point in time. That uh, gets back to if chronology. if there's a plausible explanation. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a right explanation or an explanation that can be proven. It just has to be a plausible explanation then there's not a Bible contradiction. It's not a bona fide contradiction. So like his statement says, the issue I have is if both then Jesus ascended to heaven and then came down, shouldn't it be considered Jesus coming from heaven again? No, not if both of them before he ascended, like he, you know, he's in Jerusalem appearing and then he goes to Galilee and he appears and he goes, uh, help me here. Does it say where he ascended from? Acts one, Mount, yeah. Does it say he, Mount of Olives? Yeah, Mount Olivet. Okay. Yeah, he ascended the Mount of Olives. Okay. Yeah. So, so the 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 what you're dealing with, Jesse, is you're looking at these accounts between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all four of these count accounts were written by different authors for different people, and they would have focused on different things. The book of Matthew was written to Jews to tell about the Messiah. The book of uh, Mark was written to Gentiles, and so it would have focused on different things than Matthew focused on. In fact, um, the chronology about the triumphal entry and stuff like that, 
in, in his in the third year of his ministry, the chronology is off in the book of Mark, but his uh, the actions leading up to his crucifixion, it would have been very very important because you're dealing with people in Matthew, the Jews who would have had an understanding of the prophets and the prophecies. So it would have been very important to tell these things in order. Uh, you're not getting what you're what you're doing is you're you're trying to compare different accounts that has different chronologies and focus on different things and trying to say, well, there's a Bible contradiction. There's no Bible contradiction. Jesus traveled for I can't remember how long. It had to have been like ten days uh, while he was on the earth, and he traveled around teaching. Well, if he let's say that he went from Jerusalem to Galilee, which incidentally he could have, uh, he was able to apparate because we know he just apparated in the midst of the disciples while they were gathered together in a room. Um, he could have, he could have been in the morning in Galilee at the evening in Jerusalem and then back to, uh, Galilee again. That's the thing. I mean, it's, Nothing you nothing you've given us here is a is a contradiction. Yeah, right here. Yeah, in Luke twenty four fifty through fifty one, and he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Yeah, that's an overview, and then the book of Acts, which is written incidentally by the same author gives you a more detailed description of what happened. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at it a little bit more. I'm, I'm yeah. just being honest, well, I'm not fully prepared to answer it on the spot. Yeah, I've, well, that I've, particular one I'm familiar with. Yeah. Now now that he's now that he's quoted from Luke 24, 50 through 51, the Bible does that quite often. In fact, we talked about the Genesis account of creation. Genesis chapter 1 uh, does the opposite of what happens normally. Genesis chapter one gives you a line by line order of events. And then Genesis chapter two gives you an overview and then focuses on the most important thing for that account, which would be the creation of man. Yeah. Well, in then the ending of the book of Luke, Luke is just tying up that narrative and it's very general. It, it hits the high points. But nothing in Luke 24, 50, and 51 uh, contradicts no. any of the timeline or chronology of Matthew and Mark and John. Right. All right. Good stuff. Um, and you know what? Go to apologeticspress.org, do was... the drop down tab for articles and stuff, and look at alleged Bible contradictions in <laughs> Luke chapter. Uh, 24, and I guarantee you that probably will be in there. Yep. Because I've, I've actually that. heard it. I've actually heard that before, and, and I, I remember the explanation. The ex Again, the explanation is the chronology is different because each of the writers focused on different things. And yep. I left off that. I mean, the book of Luke is written to uh, Theophilus, which is an individual that holds a title, and uh, it's written to most excellent Theophilus. So Luke uses the honorary. Yep. And then in um, Acts chapter one, 
Uh, he does not use an honorary, which leads me to believe that Theophilus might have been converted because of what was written in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah, I was going to, uh, if I can draw it up real fast before we get off, I think I can. No, you got it. I've got a link that I was going to share. I think it's on their page there that I just looked it up. But uh, let's see. Have you found it yet? Yeah, I've got it. I'm just a matter of getting it out of my messages. I sent it from one device to the other here. Ah, uh, gotcha. Let's see here. At least you can uh, study this and consider it more. If I do it, if I do it, if I share it the way I just did the host, everybody oh, that, from every yeah. platform can see it. But yeah, that's yep, an yep. that's an article. Um, <clears throat> At least we to hope Gal we can. to Galilee or Jerusalem. Yeah. So again, this is this is something. This is one of those alleged Bible contradictions that people have noticed, but scholars have debunked. Mm-hmm. And that's that. There it is. We're going to show it on the screen. There, you can't you can't put it on the screen, but yeah. um, but there it is. Anyway, good stuff. Well, Aaron, um, good stuff. I've uh, if you got anything to close out with? No, thanks so much to everybody that's watched, and uh, as we always say, do us a favor and uh, be the algorithm and share this video with others, and and we appreciate it. Appreciate all that's your support. It. And you can you use the tip jar. It's on the screen, www.nearchurches at gmail.com. That's the, that's the PayPal, or you can do Patreon or buy me a coffee. But if you want to support us monetarily, subscribe for $5 a month on Substack. Yeah. And that's all we've got. This has been Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. Uh, we hope you subscribe on at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Uh, Jesse McCaskill says, thanks for asking, answering. I don't feel like we answered it in full. So I hope you'll check that link that Aaron shared and get a, and get the fullness of an answer. We just kind of poked around at it, but thank you for your question and thank you for everybody. Subscribe cogitations, Christianity. Now Apple podcast, Spotify, tune in radio and Podbean, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>